Further back on the outside is Improbable Improbable is launching his bid and Tis the Law is in quick stand as Maxim Security is also backpedaling through the trail. And Tassus makes a run as they turn for home and Authentic still has the lead to the outside. It is Authentic and Improbable or Probable on the outside. And in between horses is Global Campaign, but it's going to be Improbable on the outside of Authentic and Authentic is digging in. Authentic is not giving up the lead. Improbable is trying to wear him down, but it's going to be Authentic. The Kentucky Derby winner is now a Breeders Classic winner. Second is Improbable. Global Campaign held on for third in Authentic has authenticated his Kentucky Derby win. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exact. uh, There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Parks, and Matoga And all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets Plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets RacingDudes.com for all of your needs RacingDudes.com for all of your leads RacingDudes.com for all of your bets RacingDudes.com as good as it gets RacingDudes.com for all of your needs RacingDudes.com for all of your leads, racingdudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com as good as it gets. What is up? I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. This is Blinkers Off. What's up, my man? We are back from the Breeders' Cup. That's right. Good evening, everybody watching. It's uh, it's nice to be back home. Uh, I definitely enjoyed the trip. It, like broke up the monotony of just uh, sitting here every day, but. Also good to be home. Good to be back in in studio, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, we've got uh, we've got a lot of exciting things. I think uh, on tap. I think this is going to be a show that can help uh, both people that are new to the game and uh, experienced people as well. So, uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I mean, the Breeders' Cup was, uh, you know, people probably wondered uh, kind of what it was like to be there. You know, honestly, there was there was more people there than I expected to be there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of felt like it'd be more like a ghost town. It was when you compared to we we were looking at pictures of uh, on my phone from 2015 when we were there with Pharaoh. And when you compare the difference, obviously it's night and day. I mean, before any race, before the classic, it's like, hey, do you want to go to the rail of this race? Hey, do you want to go? I mean, so it was just like it was, that's yeah. very much different. But I mean, you go to the paddock for some of these big races, uh, and there was, I mean, there was one or two deep, uh, you know, on the on the uh, on the rail there watching. So it was a little busier than I thought it was, but. Man, you know, I've been saying it all year. The racing just really lived up to it. Uh, and it was funny. We did a, a our, our top 14 races of, of the Breeders' Cup. And going into the Breeders' Cup, the, the classic was a can't-miss, uh, can't-miss, be, you know, best race of, of, of the year. And it, like, it just, it just wasn't, you know? So it's funny how that <laughs> kind of faded, but everything else really was amazing. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. The classic didn't live up to the hype, but man, all the other races. I, you know, when we were ranking those horses or those races on the way home, that was really tough. It was really tough to put them in order because they were all just so good. Uh, and for the classic to, you know, be somewhat of a swing and a miss. Man, there were so many other really good moments. 
Uh, and, and that's kind of the fun of the show as well. We're going to talk about our bets, our betting strategy, you know, how we lay things out uh, when we look at a card. But also we can kind of relive some of the races as well and talk about it and be like maybe at times it's like, hey, maybe we didn't win here, but we liked the result anyway. Uh, so, yeah, there's, this is a really fun show. For me, it was, it was my favorite Breeders' Cup ever in terms of what happened on the track. Um, it, you know, really, it would have been just over the top if, if we could have had all, all of our people there. You know, but uh, right. unfortunately, that that wasn't the case. It's never perfect in racing, right? But the tra- but what happened on the track was was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, what people don't know is you know if you if you tuned in, and thank you to everybody that's listening to us live right now on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, we did this, you know, we did the recaps every day. And of course, Slim Slim took over on Saturday, which was hilarious yeah. and, and awesome. Yeah. Uh, did a great job and just kind of kept everyone interested and brought some guests on. But you know, what kind of at least made it somewhat normal was after we did these feeds we would stay on with all the guys you know magic and and bring on friends and and just it it made it feel a little bit more uh you know ryan like kind of like we how we bullshit and stuff uh you know because we're so busy at this breeders cup you have to you have to like uh take a step back a little bit and just kind of you know have a good time so that made it a little bit better but yeah i mean i'm looking forward to it's amazing that we get to do this too in two more years you know we 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 found the right spots we got some good restaurants to go to so in two yeah. years the boys will be there we'll be yep. there and we're going to tear it up that's right that's absolutely right we you know lexington if you guys have never been if you're watching you've never been i think it's a very underrated town i i think it's a lot of fun we had a good time uh, this time, not that we didn't in 2015, we did as well, but it's just like, we, we kind of had some newer places to go, some better places to go. Our boy Aaron West gave us some recommendations as he's been there a while now. And yeah, I think it's a very underrated town. I think we're gonna have a good time, uh, you know, when we go back in two years and, and who knows, maybe we'll go back for just a regular, uh, Keeneland race day in uh, 2021 as well. I was going to give shout outs to the, you know, cause one night we, we, we dominoed it. But two other nights we uh, we, we or play, today's we we yeah. actually went out and and found some good spots. What was the name of the pizza place we went uh, 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 on uh, Sunday? Goodfellas wasn't it? Goodfellas Pizza. Yeah, that place yeah. was the shit. Like that, that place. Was... That place was. It actually it was funny because uh, uh, the prez uh, from Barstool, uh, Dave Portnoy, he was there at the Breeders' Cup as well. And he did a pizza review, kind of a redemption of that of that day, uh, of that restaurant. And we saw it on Sunday when we were getting around and stuff. And we're like, dude, we got to go there. You know, we're here. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it would, that that was that was like to me that because we found that spot. We're like, dude, we got to come back here at night. You know, this is this would be a hell of a time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all right. So let's not waste any more time because we're going to talk about all fourteen of the Breeders' Cup races, how we bet those, how we did, how we fared in the betting. You know, we bet every if you if you bought the guide, thank you very much. Uh, and followed along, you made money, but kind of go through kind of how we bet each of these races. But before we do that, what's the best thing you saw today? Well, so I got I to gotta give a shout out to our boy David Hill. I shouted him out a few, uh, it may have been a month or two ago now, about The Vapors, uh, a book that he had uh, written that I, that I read. It was fantastic. Our boy's back with something that might be cooler, and, and really maybe everybody watching I think is going to like this. He's coming out with a new podcast, all right? And he's never done a podcast, okay? But Dude, on, I saw this. Isn't yes. This, isn't that cool? 
Yes, November 18th, there's going to be 10 episodes, but November 18th, episodes one and two are going to drop. It's called Gamblers. And so basically what he has done is he's went around and he's followed professional gamblers uh, in Las Vegas and get like the inside stories and and kind of kind of the stories that you were not really supposed to know, so to speak. I heard a little preview of it. It sounds wild. So make sure November 18th to check that out. Uh, our boy David Hill back at it again. Gamblers is the name of the new podcast that's going to drop. All right. So uh, I had my plan was to do, uh, you know, kind of to just kind of mention like it's amazing to see. We got a ton of emails in uh, of people, you know, saying that they used the guide and they made all this money. You know, we uh, one guy I think had a nine thousand dollar one. One guy had a, uh, a couple thousand two thousand dollar one, and, and it was just nice. To, you know, that's why we do this to help make money. But then we. Ha- we had we had a funny story come to us today. Uh, I, I'm, t- I'm gonna tell the story about the the, the uh, screenshot I sent you earlier today uh, from Doctor Miranda's friend. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, I got her permission. Okay, I had to ask to make sure. So one of our writers and, and you know Doctor oh Miranda my god. that does the video <laughs> does the videos with magic. Uh, so we met up with her and some of her, like, fr- some of their friends, uh, on Thursday night, mm-hmm. right? Downtown Lexington, which by the way, I, it was, it was fun, but it was kind of crazy. But anyways, mm-hmm. one of her friends who I won't name names, but she's, she's older than us. Let's just put it that mm-hmm. way. Uh, she is like, we look over and she's like <laughs> making out. <laughs> With a kid that can't be more than twenty one. I mean, twenty two tops. I think he's twenty two. <laughs> and, and you called and you called him. What'd you call him? Farley Jr. No, I called him Young Farley. He kind of looked like a young, young Far- Chris Farley, so I kept calling him Young Farley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so fast forward, she disappears with him. Sure. <laughs> we have we have no, no. idea. Yeah, you know, we don't we don't even know this girl, but it's just it's humorous to you and I because you know we're just like people watching. <laughs> Come to find out. She goes to his frat house and get. <laughs> she she has strep throat now that she got from the frat from the frat house. God knows what else she would have got from the frat house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you can't trust a frat guy when you're forty, I don't know who you can trust. You know this so, dude. Uh... This dude. <laughs> So we're, we went outside, right? Because you got, it was, it didn't feel safe inside. We went outside. We're outside of this outdoor patio type thing. And we are social distance. So that felt good, right? So, but then like this dude, he's got like, okay, like you see, I got a windbreaker on right now, but it's like a, it's kind of like a new age windbreaker, like a, a 2020 windbreaker. He had the starter jacket on. The guy walks up in like a starter jacket, like a Kentucky Wildcat starter jacket type shit going on. And it's just like, who the hell is this guy with a, with like an old ass pair of shorts? And I'm like, this is a freaking Chris Farley looking guy. <laughs> Long hair. I mean, it was, it was, that is, it, that's hysterical that we could talk about this on air. I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't, but no one knows. I mean, it's, it's I got her permission, so she was, it was fine. Uh, Hopefully he's I, watching the show tonight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's not though. It's Thursday night. He's back at the bar. Well, uh, for the for this person that has it, the dudes wish you a, a speedy recovery, and <laughs> uh, and uh, hopefully, 
you know, don't make out with any more, amongst other things, uh, with any more frat boys uh, in downtown Lexington. All right, let's get to the business here. Seems like a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it, there's nothing good that comes from that, but... No, I like, mean, I saw it, and I'm like, what is... What? What? I don't even... I, didn't, I, I don't like, even know her. I didn't know her name, and even me, it was like, damn, you know, so much supper. Like, that's not a good idea. I didn't think but, about that, but I was just like... What the hell's going on? Like, where where am I right now? You know? All right. Today's show, we're going to recap 37th Annual Breeders' Cup World Championships, including how our betting and wagering strategies fared for the two days. Let's go! The 37th Annual Breeders' Cup World Championships are in the books. It was a, a one like uh, any other. You know, we will never see one quite like this ever again, but the racing really lived up. Uh, up to the, the hype, and we knew that there was opportunities here to bet, and and, and we want to kind of go through the, each race, talk about each race, kind of what, you know, just overall thoughts, but also, if you bought the Racing Dudes Inside Track the Wager Guide, if you didn't buy it, you can also go check this out on the products page right now, you can review it, um, but the, we, you and I did a section, uh, a, an article in the guide, where we took a stab, we basically had a $500-ish bankroll, and uh, up for the two days. And we basically just came up with bets, you know, what the races um, that we liked, the races we didn't like. And so we kind of, we, we bet all of them uh, and we really bet them. So everybody <laughs> wants to ask, we really bet them. Yeah. Uh, thank goodness for Kentucky, right? And, <laughs> uh, you know, so we actually played these exactly how they were on the guide and, and, and you know, kind of thankfully had a huge Saturday, which was, which was awesome. So we're going to go through our betting strategies, how we looked at it. Maybe it'll help you. Uh, as you're making your bets for you know just any race or maybe for the Breeders' Cup next year because there's so much opportunity in these Breeders' Cup races uh, to make money. So let's kick it off uh, with on fr- on Friday uh, the Juvenile Turf Sprint. This was uh, the first race of the day in Golden Pal. You know we knew this was one of our bigger win bets of the two days. Uh, we knew this uh, <clears throat> we knew this horse was going to be tough to beat, and damn was he! And they're into the stretch, and Golden Pal is kicked away again, and did he ever? Oh, he's five in front as they come to the final furlong. Cowan on the outside has moved up into second. You better believe it has come up the rail. Golden Pal, another 16th to go. You better believe it as Cowan chasing him home, coming to the wire. It is Golden Pal winning the juvenile turf sprint. Yeah, so uh, two things I'll say before I go on. One, we're not doing this to brag on the guide, okay? We're doing this for two reasons. One, to recap the Breeders' Cup. And two, to help you kind of, because, so racing is 50% handicapping and 50% betting strategy. So we, we've we never really done a podcast to cover betting strategy in depth like this one. So it's really take, take the betting strategy, kind of take the ideas, how we came about this, how we put it together and apply that to your betting and your betting plan and, and kind of take, you know, Maybe you maybe you agree with us on some stuff. Maybe you haven't thought of it that way. And so, but just kind of get some tips for the future when, when you start to plan on betting a race card. So we'll start with the sixth race here, like you said, with Golden Pal. So basically the debate Jared and I had, okay, we are very confident Golden Pal is going to win. We know he's going to probably be even money. He went, ended up going off of four to five, but we knew he'd be a right around there. So did we play him to win? Or do we try to put him on top and get creative underneath with some plays? And basically what happened was we decided that, yes, while playing him on top and getting some underneath horses uh, with him would be the most profitable, 
we weren't real confident in the underneath horses. So we just decided, look, we don't want to play this race, him win the race, and we not make any money, which is what would have happened if we would have played exactas and tries. Because we didn't right. have we didn't have Cohen, we had the third, fourth, and fifth place sources. So how mad would we have been? <clears throat> I think we we may have got to Cohen because I had Cohen on my my top four, mm-hmm. but I, we wouldn't have got to the third horse. Uh, there's no way. And the exacta, frankly, even if we played Cohen, the exacta paid seventeen dollars. Yeah. Um. So it's not like it, you know we knew that it's one of those things that this was our best bet of the day on Friday. Our best bet of the, of the day on Saturday was Montemoy, and we did an even bigger bet that on her. The last thing we wanted to do was to be so right about the horse and still not make money, you yeah. know, because if Golden Pal rolls like he does and, and we we miss the, the try or the exacta, it's like, what do you have to show for your handicapping, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I get it. Betting, you know, even money horses or four to five horses isn't sexy, but it's a cash ticket. We, we bet 40 or bet 50. We made 40 bucks. And we had a bankroll to, to kind of go on through the rest of the day. So the other thing is, and that, and you kind of started to touch on it, the big thing here was the final the determining factor. It's like, okay, we could cash here, make 40 or 50 bucks right off the bat. And then in the seventh and in the ninth, we've got some, we've got some crazy things we want to do. If, he, if Golden Pal wins, those bets are basically free, right? Because you right. built up that bankroll. So that was what we did. And honestly, uh, and the last thing we're going to do is like, okay, did, did we regret what we did here? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have any regrets. I think, I think it was the right amount. I mean, obviously, hindsight is always twenty twenty. You think, well, why didn't we bet more? You're always going to feel that way when they win. But really, I think we bet the right amount here. I think it was a really good wager to start off uh, the fourteen races. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you say, of course you'd want to bet more, but yeah, you know, considering. You know, we knew that Saturday's card was was where you're going to make most of your money, uh, and so we wanted to basically try to build somewhat of a bankroll and get lucky with one of the tries in the other races, and, and on Friday. And so, you know, fifty dollars seemed like the right play. Plus, when you're dealing with juveniles, you just never know. And to me, with Montemoy was a lot safer. So to say a hundred on him would have been uh, dicey to say the least. But uh, you know, yeah, he was awesome. This horse is going to be a beast. I mean, they, if they anything under six furlongs for this horse. I don't know a horse, maybe in the world, uh, that can touch this horse. This horse is freaking good, and I say that because he has been around the world, and, and it's damn near been unbeatable in those time, you know, in those places too. So, um, all right, let's move on to the next race here, uh, the Juvenile Turf. Now, this one was, <laughs> this one, this one, effed us all in many angles because, <laughs> because <laughs> you know, in the pig fours, anything we played, this horse just came, you know. And this and this started a trend for really both days, but as when it comes to the, comes to the tries of one horse just completely screwing up, you know the way we played, uh, you know because we had bound ground on top, uh, you know we had seal away, we had you know in our in our creative trifecta wheel there we had seal away and bound ground on top with with several underneath, you know out of door. Uh, uh, kind of screwed up that as well on on the on the bottom half, but. You know, battleground on the you know we had Sealaway, we had Cadillac, we were all over these this race. We just couldn't quite get it home, and, and we knew that would be tough. That's why we only invested twenty two dollars on the race. Yeah, the, exactly. The last part is is the big thing. We 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 kind of said to ourselves, I think there's going to be some massive value here, so we've got to take a couple shots. 
But at the same time, we don't want to invest too much here because we weren't real strong with our plays. Like, e even though, yeah, we had Battleground, we had Sealway on top, Battleground got second, but we weren't, like, overly confident. So we thought that, you know, we kind of set out to the $15 to $25 range with this one. I don't have a lot of regrets. In the end, it's poor handicapping, and, and that happens sometimes, um, you know, and believe me, we're not going to not admit that it was poor handicapping. I didn't really feel like we got that close on this one. I, I kind of at the end was like, well, sure, we had Battleground. We didn't have the first place horse. We didn't have the third place horse. Poor handicapping. Lost the 22 bucks here. Still up 18 and move on to the next race. Right. I mean, the try for 50 cents paid uh, $1,100. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, this result was was difficult to get to, and yeah. especially... We could have been all over. Uh, we could have we could have wheeled uh, Battle Door in every spot. We could have included Out of the Door in the in the third spot. I don't think we would have gotten to fire at will. I mean, mm -hmm. Ricardo Santana on the turf. We, uh, you know, I, I just don't. I don't. I would never have. It's a sixty-two dollar horse. We wouldn't yeah. have got there. We may if, if if the horse finishes second or third and Battleground wins, then I might be a little sick about it, right? Because it's like maybe we could have played that horse in second and third. But when that horse won, it's just like we never we never considered it we didn't handicap it right you, you just move on right all right let's get to uh race eight on friday the juvenile phillies uh you know this one was uh obviously won by vaquist which was a really nice performance uh daughter of nyquist which was you know it was kind of cool to see uh you know this one was hard to to stomach because we 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 really liked simply ravishing we knew this one was tough because we we were right we knew Princess Nora was a bad favorite, and we were very steadfast on playing against her, and we thought the horse that could beat her was simply ravishing. And just from the start, she misses the break, and and, and really, she ran a hell of a race. To, to, you know, I know she finished fourth, just got nosed out, but that was, you know, is vaquist by two, and then it was just nose, nose, nose. So it was right there. I mean, this one was tough because you knew, you know, the, the, we knew right from McPeak that their plan was to she she draws a rail to go get her in the first position when they hit the first turn and then the rest is you know see what happens and what you knew when they hit the first turn and she's in fifth you're just like well shit I mean there's not a, a lot we can do about that and you know she ran hard uh, down the stretch and it made a little bit of a run but you know I don't really I this one is one of those that I have no regrets on I mean Vaquist I I knew like I don't know. I mean, none of these horses that beat her were, were out of the question. It's just we took a stab on Simply Ravishing, and 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 uh, you know we were wrong. Just bad, just bad luck. Yeah, this one, this one, I, I the handicapping I think was fine. The luck was bad, and that is that is a very frustrating thing. I said in the last race I wasn't frustrated at all. Hey, when you don't handicap it right, you're not going to win. But <laughs> this one, I, I was really frustrated for a couple of reasons. Okay, so we debated because we were against Princess Nor completely. So we debated. Okay. Should we try to get an exacta or or try? And our opinions for three or four horses, they weren't just real strong. And then it's a seven-horse field, and it's like, yeah, I don't know if it's going to pay enough because we'd probably pay or we'd probably play like the base wagers of maybe a fifty-cent try or or maybe a dollar or two exacta. But even the but even the try paid. You know, that's what I was getting 100, at. Hundred hundred ten bucks or something. Say we play the try and we hit it. The fifty-cent try paid fifty-eight ten. The fifty cent try paid fifty eight ten, so we played it right. That that there was no really value, in, and that's without Princess Nor or simply ravishing hit the, hitting the top three. It paid fifty eight ten. Right. So there there was no value in the exotics really, unless you played a unless you played a, a big heavy opinion. We didn't have it. 
So really, you know, Simply Ravishing goes off at five to two. If you win this $20 win wager, you make 70 bucks. That would have been a great wager. And listen, you never know what would have happened, but if she gets her trip, I think we're looking pretty good to cash that. So really, I think we made the right wager. I will even go as far as say I think we wagered on the right horse. We wagered against a favorite that we knew was in trouble, and it just didn't work out. And that's, that is horse racing in a nutshell. But I don't regret anything about that one. Right. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you said 70 bucks, and I mean, shit, even if we would have gotten, been all over this try, uh, we wouldn't have cashed that much more if we, if we would have played a dollar. You know, So it's really hard to, to – you know, I think we took a stab on the right horse. This was a race that we knew – uh, wasn't going to provide a lot of value in the exotics just because there was a lot of options that we felt, uh, you know, because you look six sixty four dollars five eighty two forty one ninety those were your top five finishers in the race, you know. Yep. So it's hard to kind of find value there, uh, no matter what order they were. Well, and you look at you look at it. Okay, so I I I, I meant fifty dollar profit seventy dollars back, so it would have been a fifty dollar profit. Uh, so okay, so we were we were up twenty two dollars going into that, right? So if, if she wins, we're up $72 going in the last two races on Friday. Instead, she loses and we're down $2. So that's a huge swing right there. That was the swing that pretty much cost us this day. So anyway, we can go on to the ninth. All right, let's go to the ninth. And this one was maybe, this is sickening. maybe the most frustrating <laughs> yep. of the two days. And I'm glad you said that because I totally agree. Now, this was one, just to kind of clarify the way we kind of worked this out, is him and I, Halter and I, go back and forth and handicapped this all day on, I believe it was Monday or Tuesday. And this is the race that we just got to, and we're like, you know what? Here's the budget. Jared, you just get creative with some of these crazy wheel bets. And, you know, because, you know, that's, I'm pretty good at doing that. And it was just frustrating because we were all over it, you know? We were all over this race. And we, and, and we just, Aunt Pearl wins, and, that, and I'll say that. Aunt Pearl was awesome, right? Aunt Pearl was very impressive. It was one of like a thousand Brad Cox winners on the two days. Aunt Pearl was very good. Mother Earth screwed up everything. You know, we had Miss Amulet. We had Campanelli. We had Plum Ali. We had them all. You know, we had Aunt Pearl on the top spot. We had uh, we had that try for a dollar. Um, the try did pay, you know, $416 for uh, 50 cents. We had a dollar try, so... Even if you adjust that to say, well, we, you know, we wouldn't it wouldn't have paid eight fifty or whatever eight thirty, it still would have paid four or five hundred bucks probably with with Mother Earth out of there, uh, with Aunt Pearl, Miss Amulet, and Campanelli, and we just we were just so close, and you know, and that was a trend too with one horse sneaking up and, and kind of ruining our tickets uh, for the two days. Yeah, with all of our tries, it's just like oh my gosh, because I mean, we had a good, good good Breeders' Cup. It could have been through the roof if we just get this one home. Just this one, and we'll we'll cover some other ones that we barely missed a little later. This one was was really, 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 really frustrating uh, because Aunt Pearl won so easy, we weren't even having to watch the winner, and it's just like, come on, somebody get up there. And you know, I was watching Miss Amulet, and I thought, oh yeah, she's running good. I was yeah, she watching, good. yeah, but it's just like, oh, where did Mother Earth come from? This was a killer. This was definitely a killer. And and you know, again. With this one, we thought, okay, we have some stronger opinions. You really like Campanelli. I really liked Plum Alley. Then we thought, yeah, Aunt Pearl could definitely wire it. So we really had stronger opinions 
here, which is why we we, we kind of dedicated more bankroll in this ninth race than we did in the seventh race when we played some tri wheels. Well, yeah, we really thought we really thought okay, a it's going to pay a lot, huge field. There's going to be some long shots come in, and b we have a lot better feel for this race, and it, that both turned out to be true. Uh, the feel for the race, we were right there. We're in the seventh race. We weren't even close. So again, I don't, I don't really regret anything we did here. Uh, just, uh, just got beat. I, you know, I, I, it's easy to say now, but I have a little regrets. You know, structure. You know, we, we obviously played these picks based on how we felt about the race. Uh, you know, I, I should have got more creative in that. You know, because it's Aiden O'Brien. You know, Mother Earth at that price. I should have at me. I think there was a. I think there's a situation there that I could have added her instead of say like a royal approval or something. Um, so that's a little frustrating because had I used because I used royal approval in my top four and she was you know she was not good. Um, had I got you know been like I like Aiden here and used uh, and used Mother Earth, we would have had that. We would have hit that. But I mean, it, it's easy to say that. And, and like you said, we we were dead on. Like we knew this race had potential. It paid a ton of money for the try. You know, four hundred sixteen dollars for the for the fifty cents. So we were all over it. It just we just got unlucky. Um, we we did have a question. Uh, from Jared Clemens, how often do you guys play the try on BC days? Do you just pick your spots, uh, do it a couple races, or try to play the most of them? So what you can do is go download the guide. It's free, and you can see exactly what we did. And if you listen to the show, you'll hear exactly why we do everything that we did. So I would just pay attention to the show, or you could go read the guide because we have race-by-race analysis of kind of why we did what we did. And that's why we're doing the show, to give you an idea of, okay, you have a strong opinion. You're not sure underneath. Play that. Just play that strong opinion to win, and so on and so forth, like we've been doing race by race. All right, let's move to the final one on uh, Friday, the juvenile. As they make their way to the top of the stretch, Jackie's Warrior strikes the front. Hot Rod Charlie circles up on the outside. The two of them will turn for home together, and Essential Quality is trying to get them. Here's Hot Rod Charlie, a huge long shot at 94 to 1, coming into the final 16th. But Essential Quality runs by. Jackie's Warriors given way. Essential Quality's going to do it. Essential Quality has won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. This one is one of those, it's like we never, we knew the win bet was the play here because. There's no, I mean, I yeah, the the exact to pay two ninety nine for a dollar, the fifty cent try paid nineteen hundred. I mean, we never in a million years would have had Hot Ride Charlie, nope. and keep me in mind in the in the second and third spot. Central quality obviously made sense on top, but uh, we wouldn't have had those two. So it's kind of pointless to even to discuss that. But as far as the win bet, how did you feel? I I, I kind of have some regrets. Obviously, Jackie's Warrior came into the race, t- you know, seemingly un, you know, hard to beat, but essential quality at that price at that value. Did offer some, you know, intrigue there that maybe we could have uh, took advantage of. Yep, screwed it up, completely screwed it up. There's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, I, I take full responsibility for this one. Screwed it up, stupid bet. Uh, you know, obviously again hindsight 2020, but this this was a dumb bet. <laughs> it's just that simple. I know. You know. You know. I, I, the reason. I'm so upset is that because we were the we the same strategy we used we didn't use here as far as in the juvenile Phillies we 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 tried to play a horse that could beat a favorite and in this race we didn't do that and essential quality paid three seventy you know and just really good odds and we would have cashed in big on that one and golly he was amazing so I, I'm with you I have some regrets on this one because you know Jackie's warrior he tried but we knew pretty much on the back stretch that things are not 
going to go well for him and for our our, our, our uh, ticket. Yeah, absolutely. And then at the top of the stretch, I still had a little bit of hope, but you could tell he just wasn't going to kick away. It, listen, it was sometimes you screw up. <laughs> you know, that's all there's to it. I screwed up on this one. Uh, I think I talked talked you into playing him maybe a little stronger than we should have. And and this this race where I screwed up combined with the ninth race and the eighth race with bad luck kind of ended a little bit of a, a dismal uh, Friday where, where you kind of left a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth, uh, you know, leaving the day. And, and my best advice when that happens, because trust me, on big days when we when we struggle like that, it's, it's kind of hard to sleep at night sometimes, right? But uh, I, I, I just think you've got to shake it off, right? Because even if we had a little bit of luck, that $50 win wager on Jackie's Warrior wouldn't have hurt so much. But he kind of, it was kind of an all or nothing for him to win for us to, you know, kind of break even on that day. So it, it, it just sucked. Let's talk a little bit about the, 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 the two kind of main horses and obviously Jackie's Warrior and the winner, Essential Quality. So let's start with Jackie's Warrior. Um, where do you stand with Jackie now? I mean, do you, obviously Derby Trail seems very hard to get a, 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 a thought of him being a good derby horse now but maybe a, a, you know sprinting or one turn he might be really tough uh and then obviously what do you think of essential quality as he moves forward trying to get godolphin's first breeders or first kentucky derby well i, I mean obviously right now essential quality looks awfully good and uh but the thing you got to remember is it's tough to win this race and the kentucky derby you know it's it's very tough not that it can't be done it has been done before nyquist obviously a great example uh but it's it's going to be tough it's going to be very tough uh as far as jackie's warrior i i don't i mean the distance obviously is the obvious answer right i'm not sure it was all that though you you talk about uh, magic throughout a stat uh on the day of the race that pretty much made me think well jackie's warrior might have a good shot to bounce yeah a two-year-old with with a high buyer speed figure of over 100 their next starts they usually regress a bit and i think it was a combination when, of I, I was really pissed when he sent that because in my mind i was like son of a bitch you know he's right and this is this horse yeah. is totally gonna bounce yeah it was too late to change anything um you know on it's at, that's one of those situations that you got to be careful of when handicapping anything but especially the breeders cup is on paper Jackie's Warrior, right? Uh, the buyers, the speed fit, everything pointed Jackie's Warrior. Yeah. Like it just he like we talked about this with the group. It's like I, I can't find an angle where he gets beat, other than the fact, you know, Magic was real big on such quality because he had been on such quality. He'd been on such quality all year, and he just rode that. You know, he just rode that horse. Yeah. Um, and so you know, it's. I think you made a. Mo- you and I were talking about this personally at the at the track. It's like, man, this is a bad day for uh, for buyers. Um, you know, because this did not turn out. Central quality was, I mean, I, I don't know. If, even if Jackie Warrior, Jackie's Warrior shows up, like you said, because he maybe he didn't, he bounced a little bit. Central quality, man. I'm not sure he would have beat Central quality. I don't know if I agree with that, to be real honest with you. I, I think Jackie's Warrior runs his best race. He wins there. Um, it, it's just one of those things. But I, I, now, can Jackie's Warrior beat Essential Quality on two turns? That's I, I don't know about that. But I think at their best, Jackie's Warrior is still a little bit better, a little bit more talented. And, you know, a lot. another thing that was odd is, is, is the second and third place horses. I never even would have. Listen, I'm going to be real honest. When they were running down the stretch, I said, well, who, the, who is the 12? I was looking through my program quickly to see see – who who is hot rod charlie are you kidding me like i made fun of that horse for a couple days so 
Right. I, I think it's a situation where Essential Quality showed up with a good race and maybe nobody else kind of showed up that day. Yeah, it's, you know, like you mentioned, I, I mean, Essential Quality is definitely, as we say here today, he's got to be the most appealing horse. And I, I certainly believe will be one of the top picks in, the, in our upcoming draft next month. Mm hmm. But you got to be careful with these kind of horses, you know. That you know, or you know, I, Brad Cox is an excellent trainer, and obviously the connections of Godolphin, they're really wanting uh, a winner for the for the Kentucky Derby. But it just we've seen it, you know. It's just it's tough. It's tough to win this race, and uh, and and obviously win, uh, you know, in the, in the next May. So uh, I don't know. I mean, he's he definitely is the most intriguing horse right now, essential quality. But all right, so. Let's. We're, we're day one is over. Where did we stand after day one? Do you have those numbers? Yeah. So after day one, it, it was. Uh, it was. This is why it was very frustrating. Uh, we lost a hundred and eighteen dollars. So that's where we were after the day one. Um, you know. And again, we 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 had a five hundred and fifty three dollars is what we wagered, and two hundred and eight dollars is what we wagered on Friday. So we saved a lot of bullets for Saturday. Uh, you know, with juvenile day, it's, it's always a little bit hit and miss. Uh, so yeah, we we're down 118 bucks. We're not happy about it, but again, it's a, it's a two day event and you can't get too down on yourself and, yeah, and it, you know, you know, you've got bullets left. And, and you know, like we, we were frustrated, but we didn't think that, I mean, I, I certainly was excited for the next day and, and mm -hmm. I mean, <clears throat> one race, we were so close to cashing huge and that obviously would have made the, the two days no matter what. One race, we still feel like, you know, even looking back at it now, we bet the right horse, just got a little unlucky. And then, you know, a few, uh, two other races, uh, besides the one we cashed, uh, two other races, we just kind of swung and missed, which is going to come and is going to happen in the Breeders' Cup. These races are hard. Um, but so we were down that going into day two. Let's start day two with race <laughs> four, uh, the, the, the Juvenile or the uh, Philly Mare Sprint. And we knew this race was going to be awesome. We this was one of the most exciting races that uh, for me going into this race, as far as how how fast they were going to go and Serengeti Empress versus Gamine. Gamine wins by six and a quarter. Just makes us a laugher. Was say what you want. I, I'm not going to sit here and get into the the test the the positive test that she's had in the past or whatever. She was awesome. She was awesome. Serengeti Empress barely holds on for second. Her last career. Uh, her race, you know, she ran a race. You, you can't say anything about it. She ran tw <laughs> sub 22 and sub 45 uh, fractions. I mean, the, the race or the track was lightning fast on Saturday. We saw Nashville go out there and blaze on, in race one. Uh, every All day, there was track records broken. And, and Magic, you're listening. You probably have the exact number, how many track records were uh, were broken on, on Saturday. Six. Six. So we yeah, knew that obviously this was an unbelievable uh, performance. But what did you make? You know, our ticket here was a speech. Gamine, <laughs> Sergei Empress, Bell's the one, uh, uh, super or trifecta box. And so you know we were right here, but we did not profit much. Yeah, we made two dollars on this race, so we were in the black. Yeah. So there you go. Now we're down one hundred and sixteen. So that's how you make up for it. Um, listen, I, I really don't regret this bet because. We kind of played Gamine a little bit defensively. I think both of us kind of thought, hey, this could come in Serengeti, Speech, Bell's the one, and, and we could we could make up everything we lost in one race here, you know. Uh, and But when Gamine aired, it was kind of like, well, this bet may not break even, especially with Serengeti in for a second. I, listen, but the, the fourth and fifth race, we didn't have strong opinions on. 
So we just kind of put together, well, hopefully we're right type bets. If you're playing Remington Park on a Thursday, you probably would skip a race like this, you know. But but if it's a Breeders' it's a Breeders' Cup race, you can't really skip it. But, right. but a Remington Park Thursday race, or even an Aqueduct Thursday race, you probably just skip it completely. It's just one of those things, you know. Uh, we didn't. We were really we were scared of Gamine, so we couldn't play against her. And with her in it, it you know, it, if she won, you knew it wasn't going to pay very much. You know, and this is one of those that. Like you said, the reason we boxed it because we were we were we were afraid of gaming. We knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, we also thought that there was a possibility like she could win, she could win, or she could finish off the board. And so there's a reason why we boxed. You know, because if if Serengeti Empress even she wins, but you got Bells of Wan and Speech coming in there, um, then it pays it pays a little bit better. But there's not a lot of value here. I mean, the, the exacta paid eight dollars, the try paid thirteen dollars and for fifty cents. So. It's like you kind of just like whatever, you know. Even if you say, "Well, we should have bet Gamine to win," well, I mean that she she paid you know a little over even money. So there's really not a lot of. Yeah, I don't have any regrets. I guess is the point I'm making because we would have had the only way we would have made money is we said, "Okay, Gamine, we love her. It was better hundred to win," which ne- we know we wouldn't have done that. And you can, I there's no way I would have done that. Hard to bet Gamine to win when neither of us picked her on top. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> Bingo. All right. So, you know, that one was, you know, we made money. We moved on to the next race, uh, which was race five on Saturday, the uh, turf sprint. And this is, this is, uh, this one was tough. You know, it, we, we, it was hard to see for uh, from our viewpoint, but we knew something happened and, and really just kind of screwed up everything. Glass Slippers uh, wins this race. You know, just another one of those that an international horse, I, I kind of, I like this horse and I just didn't just didn't get to him uh and so i was frustrated because i feel like we had this race a little bit Impermiss uh was not good oaksandra was not great uh on the first spot but we were all over like you know leinster uh god stormy ran okay you know but this was another one of those that wet your whistle the exacta glass slippers and wet your whistle like that we just Neither one of us were on those two horses, and so it'd been hard to get there. This is what you bet when you don't have a strong opinion. Period. You bet it's a twelve dollar bet. You bet you know, a twelve. We knew that. Yeah. If you if your bankroll is five hundred fifty three dollars and you plan fourteen races, this is the race you play twelve dollars on. There's the, the try. The paid twelve hundred dollars. You yeah. know. So we obviously, were, we were never going to get to those horses, and we pretty much knew it. That was just that is a bet. It's called a if I'm right bet. You just throw yeah. it. You just throw it together some stuff and go well hey if my opinion somehow gets right at least i get paid but i'm not spending much here it was our least favorite race of the whole thing right and you know in the way we bet it was impermiss uh who was like five to one we knew there was value in all these horses five to one and almost seven to one on alexandra so we knew there was value in those top picks and that's why we played it but like you said it was either it was a swing and miss type of race you know you either hit a home run here or, or you completely whiff and another thing that sucks as it turned out there really wasn't a lot of value all the horses we had took the money so as the morning lines came in we're like oh okay this could be okay this is definitely worth a 12 dollar swing and then you look right. up and you got the four favorites in a turf sprint i mean it i knew that would bet but when I pushed that bet in, I was like, that's not going to cash. You know, <laughs> I knew it wouldn't cash. It's one of those bets that, you, like you say, you, <clears throat> you yeah. the day of, you see the, the all our horses getting pounded. It's like, well, that kind of is yeah. the exact opposite of why we played this this race. Because we, you know, we wanted, we tried to find value on top. And I still, though, even, you know, hindsight, there's no <clears throat> there's no way I would have gotten to, 
to those two on top. So <laughs> not, not one of those that were like, all right, $12, big deal. We're down a little bit uh, on Saturday, but you know, yeah. we move on to the next. And this one was tough too. This was one of the tougher ones. Uh, and I want to get your opinion of what you thought of, obviously you and I both had Knicks go on top and, and we were dead on at this one. You know, we, this horse was unbelievable. Uh, went wire to wire and set unbelievable fractions. We we tried to play the exacto wheel here. We 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 had Nick's go on top, and we had a bunch of horses in the second spot. We paid a played a five dollar uh, exacto wheel. We had Sharp Samurai, War of Will, Rushy, Complexity, and Owendale. All all for the most part, except for Complexity, big prices. And so we're like, okay, you know, we all you know Nick's go uh, at. You know, we didn't know exactly how much money he would take, considering complexity was in the race. But it's like, hey, if we can get Sharp Samurai uh, home, if we can get Owendale, Rushy, you know, one of those horses in second, this this exact at five dollars is going to pay huge. And we just got narrowed out by Jesus Team. Uh, Sharp Samurai tried to make a run, and just got nosed out. This one, this one hurt. This one hurt bad. Uh, I, I, this may be my most frustrating one. So. We ran third, fourth, fifth, seventh, and ninth with the five horses underneath. So, uh, you know, we had we had we were everywhere, and we got nosed out. Uh, Jesus's team had a had a perfect trip and nosed out. Well, I mean, you know, it wasn't really it didn't come down to a nose, but it was very close with Sharp Samurai. Obviously, you know, the Exacta paid one hundred nine eighty. Obviously, it wasn't going to pay that with Sharp Samurai. But it may have paid like 40 bucks, 30 bucks, and you've got that times five. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good cash. And uh, again, it, it's just, that's really frustrating. That was just one of those things. I can't sit here and say, damn it, we should have bet like $50 to win on Nick's Go, because when I look at it, it's like nine to five probably wasn't good enough price to bet that horse to win. Uh, you know, and you might you might be sitting there thinking right now, well, why would you bet Golden Pal at four to five and not Nick's go at nine to five? It, value is all about how you perceive a horse's chances to win that specific race. I didn't. Th- I thought Golden Pal. The only way he loses is if he falls down. Nick's go at nine Nick's to five. Just, go. Yeah, it's just like I couldn't. If he's five to one, sure, let's go. Yeah. But at nine to five, <clears throat> yeah. against that field and that the horses, you know, hadn't won a stakes in like ten years, it's just like, yeah, it's it's a little sketchy. We really like him. It's kind of sketch to bet bet him hard as a favorite. I actually think we made the right wager here. We just again we got very unlucky. Uh, Jesus's team skims up the rail. Uh, Sharp Samurai's wide. Sharp Samurai ran a great race, by the way. Uh, it's just wide, and, and again, it kind of felt like the Simply Ravishing or, or the uh, Juvenile uh, Phillies Turf where we just kind of got unlucky again. Yeah, I, I honestly thought we played this perfectly. Uh, like you said, Sharp Samurai, Complexity, Owendale, rounded off those. You know, if you throw out Jesus' team, we're all over it. It's just one of those yeah. that we you know, we both had the, the you know, you liked Rushy quite a bit. I liked uh, Sharp Samurai and Owendale quite a bit, and as far as underneath goes, and I mean, we saw the exact. I mean, obviously, with the exact numbers wouldn't have been like you say with a sixty-two to one uh, in second place, but they would have been good. And and we'll and we'll talk about why you know it makes sense to play big exactas sometimes at the Breeders' Cup here in a little bit because they do cash and they do make a lot of money. So we we were dead on. It's just like you say, you just got a little unlucky. Jesus team got the perfect trip. It, this one was tough. We were right on the finish line watching this one. Nick's go. You know we. 
when they halfway through the race, we're like, this race is o- like over in a way. Like Nick's go is going to finish last, maybe. I mean, this is, this horse is just going incredibly fast. And then about the top of the stretch, you're like, holy shit, this horse is pulling away. So then you start watching all these horses behind them, like can't get a, get one of them up, get one of them up, get one of them up. So this one was tough because we were all over the race and and had nothing to show for it. Yep, it sucked. There's just no way to put no <laughs> other way to put it. And at this point, it, you kind of got the the feeling of. Are we going to ever get a break? So then let's go to the seventh race. <laughs> I was going to say, nice segue yeah. into that one. Yeah. Because my boy, you know, we, we both, Halter and I had a couple big opinions separate. This was Halterman's big opinion of the Breeders' Cup. And boy, did it help us. You know, Audara was a huge prize. Floated up. I mean, this horse, I think, like, I looked at this horse late in the betting was like, 10 to 12 to 1, somewhere in that range. And this horse floats up to almost 18 to 1. Makes a huge run. Rushing fall, take zero uh, things away from her. She ran awesome. I mean, this horse really showed that why she is who she is. And just the distance got her. You know, Adara runs her down. Just incredible race and they're into the stretch cayenne pepper and rushing fall mean mary on the inside has come on through now and it is mean mary and rushing fall are daria coming to them harvey's little goyle is next then civil union and lady prince rushing fall has it close to home Adaria to the outside runs at her Adaria rushing fall Adaria has won it and halterman you were freaking out <laughs> we had we had we had a win bet on this horse, we had this horse keyed on the trifecta as well, which we un- unfortunately got unlucky with Harvey's little Goyle uh, that that uh, that hurt us there on the on the try. That, that would have been sweet to get that one home, uh, the try. But the win bet, a ten dollar win bet on a seventeen eighty horse, not bad. Yeah, it was big. It was big. This was this was the start of the big turnaround. Uh, you know, yep. and Adaria uh, just ran fantastic. So here was kind of the reasoning why. Uh, we went the way we went. Uh, I was just steadfast against rushing fall, winning the race at that distance, you know? I, and so uh, Jared liked Terabellum and I said, that's fine. Cause I know we're going to get a price on her. I like Adaria. So let's bet them both $10 to win. I, I wouldn't tell you to bet two horses that are going to be two to one, $10 to win each. But when you know you're going to get a double digit odds on both of them, that's when you can do that. That's okay to do. So I felt good about that. Yeah, you mentioned the try. Um, you know, again, we thought, okay, if we think Adaria or Terabellum can win this race, this try is going to pay astronomical, even if Rushing Fall gets second. Because right. guess what? They're going to be huge prices. And, and when you get that horse on top that's a price, it doesn't really matter what comes in underneath. It's worth it. Uh, that turned out... To, to be absolutely correct, the 50-cent try paid 850 bucks. Of course, we don't have Harvey's little girl in third, which sucked, but it is what it is, right? Um, so we decided to play a lot of a lot of, ban- a lot of our bankroll here just because of the opportunities. Uh, again, we, thought, we just thought that we have strong opinions on horses that can beat Rushing Fall, and if we can do it, we think we can hit this try. Because we... I really thought in my mind, rushing fall, mean Mary is going to round out second and third, and one of these horses is going to beat him. I, I really was just really, really confident. Turns out mean Mary shit the bed a little bit, which sucked. But Jared, my one regret, why didn't we play in exacta here as well? I think that I think this may have been our biggest mistake because 
we we really were confident rushing fall was going to run well. We almost could have keyed her in second in an exacta. I think that's one of our biggest mistakes was not playing like like okay. So if you if you're looking at our screen, what we did the ten dollars to win on Terabellum, ten dollars to win on Adaria. Then we did a one dollar try with Terabellum and Adaria on top of four horses uh, in second and third. Then we played another try with Rushing Fall on top. That may right. have been the mistake. Maybe we should have played an exacta instead of another try there. Yeah, because the, the thing was was there's there's the pieces of this that went in while we were working on this was okay. Adaria and Terabellum's prices. I had Rushing Fall. I think I had Terabellum second, Rushing Fall on top. But obviously the price on Terabellum was better. And so it's like those horses I like. You liked Adaria, obviously. So like we can't have those horses win and not cash. So it's like those are, those present good win bets. So we did. And then the trifecta will uh, on the first one. The, the reason we did the second one with Rushing Fall was like we can't have Rushing Fall win the race, which he totally could. And not make anything. And so we're like, we got to get creative. So I agree. Had we just played an exacta with our top, you know, with in the one in the one try wheel where we had Terabell and Madaria rushing fall on the other one, if we just would have played three, tri- a trifecta box with those three, uh, you know, or an exacta box, I'm sorry, with those three, I mean, the, the $1 exacta paid 100 bucks, um, which really was not hard to get to considering mm-hmm. you liked Adaria and I liked rushing fall. And, you, in your mind, even if you were playing against Rushing Fall, you 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 probably thought at least that it would be close. Like it, she would run her race. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Looking back, and you know, as I prepared for the show, I was like, oh boy, we as good as we did here, and we got us back. We're almost near even after this race, so we're back, right? We're now we're yeah. set up last last five races of the Breeders' Cup. And we had big and we had big bullets coming into the, exactly the last, you know, yes. the last stretch here. So we knew that we were in a good position, but yep. it was a matter of damn, we were close. We could know? have we could have been in a position where even if we don't cash another ticket the rest of the now, day, we're ahead. You know. Now talk a little bit about to the people listening, you know, mm-hmm. that maybe are like say they played tries all day. Both days they play tries all day, and they just you know and had a situation like we had we were having when we played our tries where we were just so close. So tell what's the advantage of not? I mean, obviously I know the answer, but like what's the advantage of like mixing in these win bets because it kept it keeps you alive. Can can we round back? Because I have a huge point, but can we round back after race ten to that question? Okay, okay, perfect. All right, let's go to race eight, uh, which was the Breeders' Cup Sprint. This one was. Uh, from a feel-good story, was the best race of the day. No I doubt. I mean, unbelievable. We're both huge Whitmore guys, obviously Oakland guys. So seeing Whitmore make his run was just unbelievable. It was like you just knew. It's like, holy shit, he's going to win this race. As they make their way to the top of the stretch, and Jasper Prince is joined on the outside by Empire of Gold, who takes the lead as they arrive into the final furlong. Empire of Gold, here's Whitmore running after him on the outside. Whitmore has taken the lead. CZ Rocket on the outside, up into second lane. But the old man's gonna do it! It's Whitmore in the Breeders' Cup Sprint! He won it by about five in the end! The way we played this race was exact, a $5 exacta box with CZ, Rocket, Yapon, and Diamond Oops. And honestly, you know, Yapon was awful. But, you know, going into the race, you felt pretty good about it because Nashville, the horse... Can we talk a little about that? Because Nashville, the horse that was we kind of thought would be in this race, runs in the first race, and he airs. He's unbelievable. 
So then you're like, well, shit. I mean, if they ran up on here, they chose to run this horse here. He's obviously going to be very, very good. And he just was awful. Like, he just was not good. Plain and simple. Uh, you know, so <clears throat> this one was tough. I, I, as much as I love Whitmore, I mean, maybe there was a situation if we would invest a little bit more, we could have got to Whitmore. But I, I, this one was tough. I don't I don't know if I, he his form had been so bad. I, it's easy to say that now. I don't think I would have got there. First and foremost, I'm with you. So happy that Whitmore won the race. I mean, it was amazing. I, I've never been so happy for a lost wager, maybe ever. I mean, th- there is no horse that deserves to win a Breeders' Cup more than Whitmore. An, an incredible, incredible horse who just keeps on going. We talked about after the race, oh, that was probably his last race. Nope, they're bringing him back. So, I mean, the horse is just a monster. So, congratulations. His fourth, fourth sprint yep and, and fi- finally gets it finally done. gets it done and you know and, and the, the one thing that's kick i'm kicking myself about is is like we know he's he's a classy horse and, yeah and you look at this field and you're like you know you get vacoma out and and you don't have a lot in here i mean you have like some hopefuls like you know yopon or diamond but like diamond or whatever and so you're like you could make a case where like he could run pretty well and i know a couple of the guys on the guide threw him in the top four so it wasn't like completely crazy that that he ran a big race, but I, I, that part is the frustrating part that we, yeah, because I'm with you. Like, I was, I didn't care about our ticket. I was rooting him home halfway down the stretch. So it would have been nice to have him on there. Yeah, just, yeah, I, re, I didn't even think about it until uh, a couple of days later. And I was like, you know, that was really stupid. That was a terrible handicap. I should have included him. That was dumb. Um, I think this is the worst. I think this is by far the worst bet we made of the whole Breeders' Cup. Uh, you know, we didn't particularly love this race. I think we invested a little too much money. I don't necessarily think the bet was that bad because, you know, that's kind of who we liked, but maybe we shouldn't have invested 30 bucks. Maybe make it $2 exact and move on instead of a $5. But yeah, you live and learn. Uh, but yeah, Whitmore <laughs> should have had him in there somewhere. But I, I still don't know if we hit the wager, you know, even if we play him. Um, yeah, I guess we would have because CZ Rocket was second. So yeah, we 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 just screwed that one up. Yeah, we sh- we should have had Whitmore in there just just from the class standpoint, considering no one else was in here that was that was really that good, you know, as far as like kind of what what Whitmore has. Yep. Um. Yeah, you know, like Diamond Oops. Like I didn't want, I didn't like that pick when I made that pick, you know. But yep. it was just kind of like yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, obviously Vacoma being out kind of screwed things up. Um, but man, Whitmore. This horse, it's time like it's time to retire him, right? He did it. Like no, they're bringing him back. <laughs> no, it's time to retire him. I think. Like, well, I, if he, is, yeah, if he were mine, I would, but he's not. So <laughs> he will be back at Oakland. Is what they said. So he's an old war horse. Yep. This horse. So yeah, this one I agree. This one was one of those that it, it lightened the blow a little bit because who won? But you're just kind of like, damn. You know, we were we were really we really missed on that one. So okay. Let's go to the next one, race nine. You see it there on the screen, the uh, the mile. Oh, boy. Now, this one, you know, we, let's just make this quick because <laughs> Aiden O'Brien can't win this race, and all of a sudden he has a top three. He has a try. The, the try, by the way, paid 50-cent try, paid $4,300. Order of Australia, who needed horses of scratch just to get in the race, wins the race. Circus Maximus was second. Lope, or Lope Y. Fernandez was third. But this was one of those that, you know, Digital Age, you and I both really liked. 
Uni, I thought Uni ran a pretty good race, really. Um, it was just way too much to do. And in fact, this was not good. We This is another, this is the point of the day where I was like, all right, it's Monomoy girl. It's it's her or nothing because we have to, we have to get back on the winning side because we were just, you know, we were just swinging and missing here. Yeah, this was just. I mean, I think we played it right. We we invested twelve dollars. We kind of said, look, this this is just a mess of a race. I picked Digital Age on top, and I, I kind of like what you said with Diamond Oops the race before. I never felt good about Digital Age once when I picked him. It's just like I, you know, I, he's not a miler. It's it's not going to work out. I factor this. To be fair, would have been my second pick, and he was disgusting. And you're right. I mean, Uni ran okay. He just couldn't couldn't get up in time. She's just not quite the same that she was. But listen, that happens. <laughs> I take nothing away from her. She's an amazing uh, mare. Just not quite the same. So listen, we only invested twelve dollars. That's the good news. I think we all I think we all kind of thought this was going to blow up. So the, again, much like uh, the turf sprint, this was a hey. Here's a bet in case my opinion is is accidentally right here. I'm not going to invest much, but let's try to let's try to get it home. And if we get lucky, we'll get we'll get a little bit of money back. I definitely want to give props to some of our listeners and followers because we had some people that emailed us that whether it be they're listening to the Magic Mike show, they got and they, and they bought the guide or whatever, but they they were smart enough to to take what we had and use their own opinions and kind of mix it together and hit this pick four that paid a night. I mean, the pick four paid uh, forty five hundred dollars for fifty cents, and then mm-hmm. and. and they knew, at least, you know, just based off our opinions and kind of what we were saying leading up to the race, that this race was tough. And so they went all, right? They yep. just went all. They bought the race. And then you get Monomoy Girl. You get Tarnal, who we both really loved. And then Authentic, which wasn't that hard to get to, on the on, at least on the multis. Not a bad, not a, not a hard way to, to make $4,500 for 50 cents if you just got creative in that first race and you kind of used that. And we had several people email us that said they hit it uh, based off our kind of uh, opinions and what we thought. So it's funny. How sometimes you can be dead wrong on our bets, but some people use kind of the way we kind of talked about the race uh, and made it and, and cashed some big tickets. So that was good. All right, let's go. Did you want to? Did you want to talk the race ten? Did you want to talk about Monomoy Girl? Uh, and this is all credit to you. Uh, you gave me credit for Adaria. I'll give you credit for this one because Monomoy Girl was not my strongest opinion of the Breeders' Cup. And in fact, about two or three days before. Uh, picks had to be in i was on swiss skydiver and i'll give you credit for being like no you are on the wrong horse (laughs) so so we changed to monomoy girl originally my thought is she's a she's a 50 dollar horse uh based on our our uh, budget that we were playing he said oh no 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 this is my this is my hundred dollar horse and i I said okay i'm gonna trust you you're absolutely right we never had to really sweat this out she was looked like a winner every step of the way monoboy girl is out there four wide swiss skydiver is riding the rail on the turn she's just three lengths behind and she is in contention as they make their way to the top of the stretch Pelliance is circling up on the outside in the meanwhile here comes monoboy girl to the neck of harvest moon the rails open for swiss skydiver and she's coming on through there with three sixteenths to go monoboy girl in front Swiss Skydiver coming up the rail in between horses. Harvest Moon fights on. Valiance is running a big one on the outside. Monomoy Girl past the 16th pole in front. She's in front by two. Valiance is second as they come down to the line. She did it again. Monomoy Girl and Florent Giroux have won the distaff over Valiance. And listen, boom, right there, right? You get a you get a hundred dollar quick profit right there. And now, for the first time since Golden Pal, we are in the black 
with $51. We had $51 going into the last two Breeders' Cup races because of this wager. This was definitely the, the most jacked up that I got for the two days because, you know, I had... <laughs> I knew how much was on the line just in terms of me bashing Swiss Skydiver and then thinking Monomoy was a lock. And, uh, and obviously, this is our biggest bet of the, of the two days, and, and I really just wanted to get her home. And uh, you're right, you just you kind of knew it. You know, she was, you know, she doesn't win her races like overly impressive, but you kind of know the whole way in her races um, that she's going to win. You know, and we talked a little bit about this on the on the uh, preview show when we were in Lexington, you know, this horse has only been beaten once by one horse in her entire career, not lost or whatever. She literally one horse in her entire career has finished in front of her. Um, and you just, she just has the will to win and, you know, and, and, and shout out, uh, she sells at the, at the, at the auction the very next day in, in Keeneland, uh, for 9.5 million and they're bringing her back. They're bringing her back. She's gonna run again. It's amazing. I, I don't I personally don't think she has anything left to prove, but you know she's she's unbelievable and she just continues to rack up the wins and I don't know. I just I just I, I knew that this was the opinion I was so strong about for the two days. I was like you know I've got to press it. Uh, you got to press your opinions and when and you might be wrong. I mean say Swiss Scott ever didn't miss the break and she runs a huge race and get and, and beats me. Well it's like well shit you know. My opinion didn't change. I still thought Monomoy was the best horse. And when I think that, when she, I think she's the best horse running on the two days, uh, or at least the best chance to win on those two days, you got to press it. And I'm, I'm really glad that we played the 100 to win on her. All right, so here's what I wanted. To go back to your question of why it's important to play win bets, this is really what I wanted to get at uh, right now. Okay, so here we are. We're up $51, which is not great, right? But we've missed so many little tries here or there yeah. or an exacta like in the dirt mile. But we're up 51 bucks. Why? Because we bet winners. You have to mix those wins in. You absolutely have to do it. I get emails a lot of times going, well, I'm missing all these tries. It's like if you're going to commit to just playing tries, you better be ready for losing streaks. You better be ready for days where you don't make any money and you lose money because it's random results. You know, I mean, a lot of times you handicapped it right. Your picks are really good, but you run one, three, four or one, two, four or two, three, four all day. Well, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. A lot of it's luck. But since you mix in your win bets and you, you make win bets on your strongest opinion, all of a sudden, instead of going into the last two races, really in a hole and really chasing. Think if we didn't tell you to play any win picks. You may not even bet the 11th race because you're out of money, right? Right. Like, you, you're da- say you're down $400 going to the 11th race. Are you even, do you have any confidence of playing anything right now? I, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I probably would have quit by now. But you got to mix those in to keep you alive. And basically what they did is pay for all these shots that we were taking, right? You're building up a bankroll. Now you've got four or five, you know, quote unquote, free shots where you're playing with the track's money. Tries and trifectas and exactas to a lower extent, but still, to some extent, come down to luck a lot of times. And we have talked this whole show about, boy, we just didn't have any luck with these trifectas. We were closed. We just couldn't get one home. But we weren't in a hole. We're sitting with two races to go. We're at 51 bucks. Is that is that great? No, but is it better than down three or four hundred? <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, exactly. And and like you said, because of the win bets, yeah, you, know, you look at the even with Swiss got ever out of there, 
uh, the, the trifecta paid $131 for 50 cents. So it's not like it was an astronomical thing. And I think, you know, we, we this was our 11th straight Breeders Cup being there. And you just kind of learn after all these years that it takes one race, one race yep. to, to make the, 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 the trip essentially a four figure, five figure day or, you know, trip. So we know that. And that's why you take swings, but you also have to keep yourself afloat by playing bets like this and and betting you know heavy on exactas and stuff, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, you have to kind of mix and, and and mix around the way you bet these horses because not all not all the races are the same. You know, you can't just play a try every race and just say, well, it's hopefully one of them comes home. Well, you might even if you hit. There's a situation where you hit three or four tries of the Breeders' Cup and you still don't make money because they're they're chalky tries. That's right. Well, and again, uh, w- w- with this, with, with some of our other win bets that we cashed, we, we you know we we didn't hit the tries or we wouldn't have hit the tries if we would have tried to play them. With this one, we may have been able to get to that trifecta. But but think about Jared, your strongest opinion of the entire Breeders' Cup. She wins, and we miss an exact or a try. Right, exactly. It's just and I just, just I refuse to do that. Yeah, it's soul crushing. Mm-mm. Yeah, so I, we, I would that would have been easily the the, the biggest regret and, we did if 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 we didn't do that. And this is a mental game more than anything else. And when you have handicapped all year and you've waited all year and your horse wins and you don't cash a penny. Mm-mm. It's gonna fuck with you mentally. Sorry, uh, one one <laughs> minutes one one oh seven and six seconds, Jared, for the for the podcast. Lucky but, for you, I don't I don't edit them out anymore. So oh, that's good, magic, good. So. <laughs> so you you can't you you got to stay alive. You got to stay afloat. You know. So anyway, that's that is my biggest spiel and the thing. If you've listened to this whole show, that's what you need to take <laughs> away from. Uh, to, to John's question, real quick. Yeah. It didn't help her chances. It didn't help her chances. I don't think she was going to beat Monomoy Girl. It didn't help her chances. And you look, she kind of got a little bit of a foot injury with it as well. That certainly didn't help either. When you're trying to beat a high-class horse like Monomoy Girl, everything needs to go right. Yeah, I mean, and, and bottom line is, you know, we watched the replay, obviously, several times, but that day or that evening when we got back uh, before we did the live feed, we watched the replay because it's hard to see, obviously, being there. And it's it's like, yeah, I mean, bottom line is, she got in position to make a run and she just didn't have it, you know? And so she made, you can make some excuses for her, but you know, great horses can, can overcome those. And, and simply she just didn't have it. It wasn't a matter of the foot. It wasn't a matter of this, the campaign finally caught up to her or whatever. Um, it certainly gave me relief. And I hate to say that, but just based off of when you, when you miss, she misses the break, you're like, okay, I can stop. It's cause she's going to have to be a super freak to beat modern boy girl from here. You know? And so you kind of stopped yep. watching her, and you just watched Monomoly Girls. So, all right, let's move yep. to our maybe the, definitely the the biggest uh, cash we had uh, beside on a on an exacta here. The biggest cash I think we had of two days, uh, race eleven, the turf. This one was awesome. Tarnal, we both love Tarnal. We both love Magical. You know, you look back at this, and I I know Magical had to had to really get going and, 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 and nose out channel maker for that exacta. But when you look at it on paper, it's like, that wasn't hard. You know, that was not hard to get to that exacta. We both, we put a $20 exacta box on these two horses, magical and Tornado. You know, we, we both felt these horses were the two best horses, uh, the two fillies of the race, uh, both best, two best horses of the race. And, you know, we, we, we said it all along that, that, that our horses and Chen, props to Chen maker. He ran a huge race for half a second. He looked like a winner. Um, 
you know, we just knew these horses were better. And and this race, for a $20 exacta, uh, you know, the $1 exacta paid $18. When I saw the $18 pop up, I thought, <laughs> times that by 20 <laughs> Yeah, this one... <laughs> Other than Zenyatta winning the Breeders' Cup Classic, this is my favorite Breeders' Cup race ever. Uh, for a couple of reasons, I'll lay it out. And number one, you laid it out perfectly. We sat there and we were like, listen, it's it's 2-3 all the freaking way. All the freaking way. We're not going to mess with anything else. These two fillies are better than these other horses. And they're going to kick their ass. And I got to be honest with you, and a lot of it was I was feeling really good after the Monomoy bet that we were in the black. I, this is the most confident I've been in a bet in a long, long time. And when I saw Tarnawa was nine to two, I was like, we are going to, we're going to make a ton of money right now because those odds are just nuts. They're nuts. Especially after Adaria just beats Rushing Fall. Tarnawa beat Adaria just one race ago. How is she nine to two right now? I couldn't, I could not believe it. And the wide range of emotions going into the race we're, we're, we're nothing like uh, uh, we're gonna, this is going to be the easiest bet we ever cashed the emotions watching the race were totally different because I thought I cannot believe this Philly Tarnawa is not going to fire I can't believe she's not going to fire her race three quarters away around the track I was just like I, I can't I know Magical is going to get second here but I have no idea who's going to win because I can't believe Tarnawa was not going to fire they turn for home and it's like Really, Channel Maker's going to beat yeah, these Phillies. It's I know. Like, this, this is unbelievable. One other time that I've been live watching a race that I knew the race was over in one stride, okay? And it was when Pegasus, Pegasus Day, the very first Pegasus, Pegasus, when Arrogate started to make his move. Yeah, you do. I'll never, for, I'll never forget it. I looked at Jared and said, race over, and he was in fifth. One stride, I thought, okay, we got the winner. This is over. I don't have to watch a stretch. She is going to absolutely air, which she did. Mogul now six and a half behind and being asked to go and Channelmaker kicks away. Channelmaker kicks away at the top of the stretch with three sixteenths to go. It's a three-length lead. Arklo is second. Medea's coming up the fence. Tarnawa's closing on the outside. Not today for Mogul. Channelmaker reaching for the wire. Here comes Tarnawa storming down the center of the course to take the lead. And Tarnawa, the filly, has won the turn. It was just sweating out magical getting by Channelmaker, which is a sentence I never thought I would ever say in my life. But (laughs) thank God she did get up for second. I was very relieved she got for second. I got to tell you, I, I've thought about uh, turf performances that I've seen live in person. Tarnawa is right up there with Wise Dan the first time he won the, the Breeders' Cup mile out at Santa Anita. I thought that was just an amazing performance. And Enable, Enable beating Magical in 2018 in this race at Churchill Downs was an amazing performance. Tarnawa was right up yeah. there with them. That This was breathtaking to yeah, watch. Yeah, throw in that stretch with Goldakova. Um yeah, Goldakova, you know, sure. But she always won. You kind of knew she was going to win. Uh, but as far you know, it was we were we were positioned kind of right on the up a little higher because uh, we had to get a good viewpoint on the finish. And he, I look at you, and by the time from the from the change of me looking at you to my right, looking at the screen, which is you know right in the middle, and then looking at her in uh, live, like seeing her, all that was like. The three positions were, holy shit, like, Channelmaker's going to win this, to, why is she not running, to, she's winning. 
like she's going to win. <laughs> and that was all like in a matter of like four seconds. You know what I mean? Like it just like you say, it just she, the way when she got going, you're like, she's there's no way she's listening to this. So then you start watching underneath and watching it live, I honestly thought Gentlemaker got us. It's like son of a I was like, yeah, son of too. a bitch. Like, yet again. <laughs> and so when they showed the replay, it was like, okay, she's got it, she's got it, and she just got a good bob uh to hold off to to get that. But yeah, I mean that what did that uh, what did we end up making on that one? Uh, we made three hundred and twenty-two dollars profit on that one race. Uh, so we were up three hundred and seventy-three dollars after this uh, race for the day or for the for the two days. Uh, so obviously, I wish there was a camera on us because it went from I cannot believe she. I mean, I was just in shock. Like I just can't believe this is happening. I know. To oh my god, I'm partying up here because there's no way Magical's not going to get my channel maker. We got this shit. To and I, again, you said it best. We I, we were pretty much smack on the wire for this race. We were up kind of high, but we were right. And I actually was eye freaking level with that wire. And I looked you and see, we didn't get it. <laughs> she didn't get yeah. it. <laughs> But when you watch the replay, it was pretty clear, you know. So yeah. when we saw that, we went back to the screen, watched the slow mo, and it's like, great, we hit it. Let's just hope it pays, and it paid. It paid great for for the two horses that we thought were locked. So this this was a situation uh, again where we could have got unlucky. And and I went back to what I said uh, after we talked about Monomoy Girl. When it comes to the exotic wagers, it's just luck a lot of times, guys. It really is. They're, Magical is thirty links better than Channel Maker. But it it it, t- it took her really digging down to catch him on that day, and and we just got lucky, uh, where we had been very unlucky, you know, you know, previously. So it, it kind of leveled out, and then this was our big cash. This one would have been, and thankfully, you know, this is this would have been one of those instances where, say, we got nosed out by Channel Maker, where we had mm-hmm. the winner at a price that you know paid almost five dollars or five to one. And, uh, yeah. and we would have, we would have missed it, you know? Um, so that, that would have been hard to swallow because we both really liked Tarnal. We both thought Tarnal was better between Tarnal and Magical. And to be fair, I don't think we really thought we would get a nine to two price on either one of these horses. No. So that's why we did the exacta, right? Because we, we thought, well, there'll, there'll be like two to one or two to one, three to one type, you know? I mean, I mean, dude, I, the thing I don't get is. There's so, there was way there's way too much hype on that mogul horse because yeah. that horse there's actually the second second pick second favorite, Tarnal was the third choice, which is just just blows your mind and honestly I'm the same with you especially after Adaria I was like well, we're definitely not getting prices on these horses because Tarnal has got the you know like you say you know the the class with with Adaria so you're like well we're definitely these horses can get pounded and and you, know, you kept waiting for that price to go down on Tarnal and you're like damn. I looked at you. I was like, maybe we should go play a win bet. I'm like, no, let's stick. Let's stick with the what's on the guide, <laughs> right. um, because you know that price. You're like, because nothing changed. I, I still felt she was the best horse in the race, and yeah, and shit. That was that was a hell. That was we we made Monomoy number one, but this race very easily could have been number one in our yeah. uh, top fourteen. So yep. All right, let's move to the most uneventful race of the two days, <laughs> um, which is hard to believe. The classic. And they're into the stretch, and here comes Improbable after Authentic. The two Bob Baffert horses. Authentic digs in. Improbable to the outside second. Tis the law trying to make a run down the center of the track, but it's Authentic in front. He won the Derby. He won the Breeders' Cup Classic. He's Authentic indeed. 
they won it by two and a half. Thankfully, we were in a great position here to where we we had money to play with. Uh, you know, we we took we invested about oh close to sixty dollars here in this race, and we just pressed our opinions. You know, tis the law. You like tis the law. I like Tom's Diatot. Uh, you know, we, so we played them with improbable, you know, we, we played authentic underneath and in that one trifecta wheel, we played, played him in the third spot. There's just, I never would have played him to win any of these spots. I mean, I guess we could have boxed them. Um, you know, I, I, I had global campaign in the third spot as well. So we had, we kind of had all the horses, so to speak. Um, we just maybe didn't play the, you know, we played a tri wheel versus a tri box, but listen, I mean, the tribe paid $167 for 50 cents. I mean, yeah, it would have been a pretty good payout. But, you know, it's just, this one was, I just never, you would have had to really talk me into authentic being, you know, as far as, you know, wasting, quote unquote, because he won, uh, uh, wasting on a top spot, because I just didn't think he would win. Oh, I think bottom line here is we didn't get the three-year-old right. I mean, if you put authentic in, instead of tis the law up there, you cash it. And it's a it's a decent cash, you know, obviously. So uh that, that second that, that trifecta wheel, Tis the Law, Tom's the Todd Improbable, over those same three horses, and then over Tassis, By My Standards, Global Campaign Authentic, that was the bet. That was a really good bet. You structured that bet exactly right, other than the fact that we flipped the you know, we we gave Tis if you flip authentic and Tis the Law, I'm saying in that structure, you win. Right. We, we, we didn't handicap the three-year-olds, right? I was very confident a three-year-old was going to win that race. I just thought it'd be tis the law, you know? Um, and, and halfway through the race, I, I knew we weren't going to cash anything in this race. Um, we just, we never, in the biggest races, we never handicapped authentic right at any point. Nope. After the Haskell, he screwed us every time, one way or the other. So... It's it's one of those things. He he was an enigma on these big race days. Uh, my only regret for this one is is I think maybe we got a little caught up in it's a classic. We need to invest a lot of money. You know, maybe yeah, we should have sure. trimmed it trimmed it down to like forty dollars uh, instead of uh, you know what if we, if you remember we didn't we, we we didn't play that super at first. We had that we added that super last like the, that was the last one we added. Like we were just gonna play. Yeah. The exacta box uh, and the tri wheel, and then we're like, yeah, you know, let's play that tri super box because it's it's the classic, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like that one, it's you get you get a little caught up with with you know, with uh, kind of the big race. Do you have any regrets as far as you know? Because Tis Law goes off as a favorite. So looking at the odds as as live odds, you know, and you sit there and sit look at authentic being four to one, and you know, we talked a lot about this. Or I talked a lot about this in the uh, in the trends piece, where it's like, listen, you know, a lot of times a horse that loses his his race prior, and around five to one bet that horse, and and sure enough, authentic has just lived up to that perfectly. Yep. And considering, like you say, we we had the wrong three year old, it's very easy to get to authentic in that situation. You know, I think we both kind of thought Tizalaw would flip flip the script on him, and if. And he just, we'll talk about the trip in a second, but, and he just didn't. No, you know, I, I, I knew this is just, I'm kicking myself over this race. I knew, I would not, not be fair. I would not have put authentic on top. So, but I am kicking myself as far as who I picked because I knew when he drew the two, he was screwed. I knew it. And, and I didn't do anything about it. I, I just was bullish on my opinion, which 
Wasn't that smart. Um, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, I, I probably would have ended up uh, improbable as, the, as a, the pick, which finishing second is better than what Tis the Law did. But still, you're not a winner. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I, again, I, I just think my biggest regret is just playing $58 here. We probably should have stick to like the $40 range. The two biggest takeaways here, let's call it three, is that one, another track record was set by Authentic and beat Bob Baffert's other track record with American Pharaoh. Uh, but also was that you had Tom Siatot, who was co-third choice, I think, with Authentic, mm-hmm. um, just as flat as hell, just off, just unbelievably bad. It's, that He beat one horse. He beat higher power. That's it. So that to me was unbelievable. Uh, just I never imagined him. You know, you, you just felt confident that Alstall would get him ready, and he just you could tell pretty quick like he's trying. You know, he's trying too hard to kind of run um, that one. And then uh, I think the other one would be just you kind of felt for you just felt like improbable. It was like all over again. It was like authentic and and uh, it is law in the Kentucky Derby where you just felt like a problem was gonna was going to pass authentic, you know, like mm-hmm. you hit, you hit the top of stretch, like a problem was in perfect position, ran the perfect race and just couldn't get by authentic. I mean, this horse dude, authentic, he, he, he locked up three-year-old, uh, of the year and he locked up horse of the year. Unbelievable. Authentic is going to be horse of the year. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Uh, and again, I just, just never could get him right in the big races and it's very frustrating. Uh, you know, as far as, uh, situation like this in the future for your betting concerns this was a real challenge for me this race from the beginning uh because i just didn't have a strong and you could see how we structured the try we had three horses on top where a lot of these other races we had two horses on top we just didn't ever feel like we had that horse that you could really rely on you had tis the law with a bad post, you had Tom's, it's a big layoff, improbable. You just couldn't really sink your teeth into really counting on him. That makes it, that makes it a very difficult race, um, you know. So I think, I think that was kind of the first number one big problem. And then, you know, you had three Bafferts, and you didn't really know before the Breeders' Cup how to handicap any of them. This was just a kind of a mess. And again, it just speaks to the fact that probably shouldn't have invested this much money into it. And if this was not called the Breeders' Cup Classic, we may not have. But it was just, we got kind of caught up in the big race, um, you know, I don't know what the word is, the big race hype, I guess, uh, of it, and thought we needed to take a swing here. Um, but, you know, it, this is just a, this was a handicapping challenge for me right from the start, and uh, just <laughs> didn't get anything right, really. <laughs> All right, so... What did okay? I'll just ask you plain and simple. Did Franco cost his law the win? I think he cost his law a, a, a placing. Uh, I don't think he cost him the win. I think it would have been a carbon copy of the Kentucky Derby. I don't think he would have get got past authentic, and I think it's proven uh, as much as I hate to say it. And I don't, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes or anything like that, but. I, I think authentic's a better horse than Tis the law. You know, I just think that's how it is. Um, you know, I think I think Manny Franco deserves a criticism, but you know, if he rushes him up and he's eye to eye with authentic, like a lot of people suggested, I don't think people would be happy about that either because I don't think that would have went well. 
I think the only thing he could have done was was rush him up and and try to get him clear of those horses on his outside and just sit off authentic. And at that point, it probably would have been authentic first, and then Tizalana probable are battling for that second and third spot. You know, I think that's that's the most likely scenario uh, under under that situation. You know, it, it we should have because you know Bob Baffert. Only time he ever wins a classic is with a three year old. Mm-hmm. So you, you should, we should have leaned on authentic more, I think. But um, I don't know. I just felt like, like you say, I just could not get him right all year long, you know, for the most part, for the later half of the year. Um, all right. So the classic. Oh, by the way, uh, Franco's off. John Velasquez is yeah. on in the Pegasus. Tis the law going to the Pegasus. Came out today. Uh, and and Johnny, Johnny V going to ride. So, yeah, you know, authentic's gone. Just jump over to, to, to Tiz the Law. So and imagine, imagine if Tiz the Law airs in the Pegasus. Then you really start to think. It, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit. And you and I talked a little bit about, you know, we are we're big Will Take Charge fans. And it, it reminds me a little bit when, when Will Take Charge finally got a jockey. And that was Luis Saez. Before Luis Saez was Luis Saez. But we knew he was an up-and-coming jockey. He kind of emerged as a different horse. And so what do you take from that? Does that have any comparisons for you? Uh, a bit. Not not as much. Not as much because we'll take charge. I'm you know, I'm not gonna get into to the we'll take charge jockey situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say sit here and bash no, I'm not gonna do that. By the but way, he, shout out shout out to John Court. We saw him. Yeah, we show. did. Not right not writing, by the way. Well, but. No. But uh, uh, uh here's here's the deal. Here's why Manny deserves to be fired, okay? And here's why, if I was in their shoes, oh, God, it's tough because he's won a lot of big races on him this year. I don't know if I would have fired him or not, but here's the deal, okay? Everybody knows he doesn't like to be inside of horses, okay? And I've heard people say, well, he's not a great horse if, he's, if he has to do this or that. I agree with you. It's, right. it's, a, it's definitely a flaw, but the jockey knows. He's rode him every single time. So get him outside of horses, no matter what you have to do. At that point, I would sit here and say, well, you know what? If he took him up sharply and then got him to the outside and people are complaining, I said, hey, you got to get him outside. If he sends him hard to get him outside of horses, I say, hey, he had to do it. That's how he had to do it. You, you know, you know, you are the jockey. You know, why are you doing what you're doing? That is my biggest concern. Like, his spot in the race, as far as distance from the leader, was how he needed to be. But you know, he you know he can't run inside horses, right? So why do you do it? You know, I just it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like it's like Johnny V with authentic. You know, he needs to be on the lead. Why is he not on the lead in the I, in the Preakness? I just it, it's crazy. These guys have ridden the horses. They've had success doing the things they that the horse likes to do, and then they don't do it. I, I, it's unexplainable. All right, so let's hear uh, the final numbers. Let's hear the ROI. Let's hear the you know the total profit. Everything people want to know. Yeah. Okay. So uh, on just Saturday, let me pull that up. There we go. Oh, I'm sorry for Saturday and or for Friday and Saturday both we made three hundred and thirteen dollars, fifty four percent ROI. So pretty good. If you want to look at just Saturday. Uh, we made a we made four hundred and thirty one dollars on Saturday, uh, an ROI over one hundred percent, about one hundred and twenty two percent ROI. So, 
pretty good. Uh, Friday, we made some mistakes, made up for it on Saturday. So $313 uh, in total for profit and uh, an ROI over 50%, which that's, that's, we'll take that any day of the week. What was the exact number? $313. No, with ROI. Oh, ROI, uh, 54%. There you go. ROI. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as it, you know, it was, it was, you know, we had $563, uh, bankroll, uh, and we returned $866. And that was just it. You know, we, we, our goal was obviously to make money here. Uh, we did a 54% ROI is nothing to, I'm sorry. Fi- I'm sorry. 553, not 563. It's nothing to, uh, yeah. to be upset about. And, and we were so close on a bunch, you know, the, the one, you know, obviously in the, uh, in the dirt mile. With with Nick's go, that was you know we had a few of those that we were just right there, and couldn't quite get it home. But the, you know that changes a fifty you know fifty four percent or they have to cut, you know three hundred dollar profit into a couple thousand profit. You know so it just you get a couple breaks. But when you can when you can sit here and say my strongest opinions I was able to cash in on, and and still make a fifty four percent ROI, uh, and, you know and, and you live to to fight another day so to speak. I mean I think that's great. Yeah, so even, you know, you got to think of it like this. Even if you missed the, even if Channel Maker gets second, let's say, well, you still only lost, oh, it would have been about 50 bucks. And it's like, well, just tough luck all, all the whole weekend, but it's only a $50 or $50 loss because we hit some winners. And so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it wouldn't have been great. But uh, anyway, 313 profit. Uh, uh, yeah, and again, you, you tread water, basically. We tread water the whole way, and then we finally get that one home. So, uh, let's see. We had a question. Uh, how did this year's BC compare to last um, I believe, years past ROIs? I believe last year was a little bit better, uh, actually. Uh, I, 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 think, I think it was more... I can't remember for sure. I'd have to go back and look. I think it was a little bit better. Um, but we played a lot more... <sighs> This had this one had more potential for payoffs because last year, if you remember, uh, it was kind of a, a chalky up top at times at, at that Breeders' Cup. Yeah, well, I mean, in twenty seventeen, we had the big uh, yeah. twelve hundred dollar. Uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was a try, maybe. Um, you know, we had in twenty eighteen, we had uh, yeah. the big pick four. You know, we had a thirteen hundred dollar one last year, so it's like. We had we just didn't we lacked the big massive caches this year, um, like those you know we didn't have any four digit caches which is obviously very easy to do in the Breeders Cup but it's at the same time it's very hard um, as as we you know as we showed this year but we were able I mean like I say like you you you're mm-hmm. not going to hit them all if we would have played tries all every race all two days we would have swung and missed and thankfully we were able to 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 kind of get creative on some of these and and, and make a profit and. At the end of the day, considering what we uh, the way we bet it, I really I really feel good about the fifty four percent ROI and and uh, you know hopefully you know as we saw we 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 got a lot of emails of people that played that used the way we bet and use instruction them just a tad different and cash in even bigger. So to me, that's what it's all about. Yeah, for sure. I I think uh, two thousand seventeen was probably the the most uh, what's the word the least amount of stress because we hit. We had like $1,200 on Friday, and then it's like, well, hell, whatever happens on Saturday happens. We're already winners, you know? Right. Uh, I could remember uh, 2018 was a bit of a grind. And then 2019, we just never really had an opportunity to cash much big, but we were solid. It was just real solid. 
You know, uh, this one, it felt like a huge grind to get there. That's why I was, I, that's why I look back and I'm pretty proud of this one because it was a grind from the start to the, yeah. to the 11th race, basically, before we could sit back and go, okay, we're in good shape. And, I, and I, I'll say it one more time. I feel like we've said it a lot, but every race is different. You have yeah. to get creative. You can't force a try. You know, you can't mm-hmm. say I'm playing a try every race in the Breeders' Cup to hope I cash big when the, when it when it literally just doesn't exist. You know, that huge try in that race does not exist. So you have to kind of be able to be flexible. You know, you got to play exacta here and play a win bet here and play a try here and invest heavy on this race and invest light in this race. Sometimes you'll be right, sometimes you'll be wrong. But the bottom line is, I feel like. You know, handicapping and and betting are two different animals. And if you can can feel good about the way you bet compared to how you handicapped, at the end of the day, it's like, well, you can either have bad handicapping or not. But at least you bet the way you felt. You know what I mean? Like, if if yeah. we would, if we would have if we would have bet Monomoy a Monomoy Swiss like hundred dollar exacta, that would have sucked. You know, because what was the point? Mm-hmm. Well, and and if you if if you want to sit there and play trifectas all day long. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying don't complain when you lose every race because it can happen. <laughs> Again, we, we just laid out for, for an hour and a half the luck that is involved with hitting exactas and trifectas. And ha- listen, you're a nose away even in the one we hit from another yeah. loss. Ma- Magical had to run her eyeballs out to get past Channel Maker of all horses. Yeah, and you're not going to handicap that. Exactly. You know? <laughs> it just not. So uh, it's just, it, there's a lot of luck involved. With the, the more you go down the line, you know, even even wins, okay, you got to have a little luck. Exactus, you got to have a little more. Trifecta, you got to have a little more. Super, you got to have a little more. Yep. And that's what I think a lot of people don't really understand. And another thing that people don't understand, you can make money without hitting hitting trifectas. Right. I mean, that, we're, this is proof of that. It worked, kind of just worked out. Uh, you know, we didn't really purposely try to make money without hitting tries. We were trying to hit trifectas. But you don't have to play them every race. And if you do, just be ready to lose because it's going to happen, you know. But, but you're playing a game of lose, 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 bam, big one. Lose, lose, bam, big one. If you're playing trifectas and you play 20 of them and you hit three, that's a very good strike rate for a trifecta. The best thing you do at the Breeders' Cup is put yourself in position to cash the big one, you know? Yep. And yep. let the chips and fall tried. and let the chips fall as they do. But if you mm-hmm. feel like you have the right bet, I mean, like we talked about on this pod, like there's several that we, we maybe wish we would have changed. And there's some that we said, hey, listen, this is bad luck. And this is the yep. way it is. So. Uh, overall, hell of a Breeders' Cup. The the performances yep. were amazing. The horses, for the most part, were amazing. Uh, we we made money. We made we made our fans money. So that's awesome. Uh, we we were there. That was great to actually get out <laughs> of the house. Uh, hopefully, we'll be at the Pegasus. That's the plan uh, coming up, and that'll be our next big event. And let's hope we can get back to normal somewhat uh, on these on these racing events because that sure felt nice traveling. Yeah, it did. It did. Uh, you know, you hear you hear news of a vaccine. You know, I hope it's true, and I hope I hope we're close, and I hope we can get people back out to the track. And, and I'll say, uh, I missed it more than I thought. I, I will definitely say that I missed it so much that I'll be at Remington Park Friday night watching Welder <laughs> go for his twenty fifth win because it's like I just had too much fun. I got to go back. You know, <laughs> so. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, and uh, yeah, you're right. It's it's just good to be back to the track, and hopefully, uh, you know, more and more places you can go uh, as we as we go along, and not the opposite. You know, I mean, you think about it, we were talking about how Golden Powell 
uh, you know, winning that, uh, his race on Friday and you kind of, ha- <clears throat> you, you felt the jitters then, you know, and, and obviously it was the first time we'd watched a live race with that kind of performance, that star power performance since the Pegasus, you know, and that's, yep. that's just, that's just, that can't happen. You know, that's just unbelievable. <laughs> it's ja- right. January to, to November. And that was like, you know, this never happened. So it was great to be back yeah. and hopefully, uh, everyone cashed in big with us at the Breeders' Cup. That's all the time we have. Check us out at RacingDudes.com for our free picks, our premium selections on our handicap products page. Click the products link at the main menu at RacingDudes.com to learn more. We're currently covering three plus tracks, offering free picks. We're on Twitter at RacingDudes, Instagram and Facebook. Listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, even the website RacingDudes.com. Make sure to go check out the Magic Mike Show. They did the Del Mar Saturday Late Pick 4. So go check them out on all those same platforms or on the website at RacingDudes.com. Uh, how do you feel? Like, what's your... like? Because, you know, we do this year-round, but obviously the Breeders' Cup is the is the pinnacle of the year, and we have a little bit of a downtime, so to speak, uh, as we kind of gear up for, for the 2021 season. Obviously, from the general public, the main eyes come on to the, uh, the soon-to-be three-year-olds in the Derby Trail, but obviously we have a few big races left this year, so... How are you kind of handling the uh, the post Breeders Cup fallout? Oh, I, you know it it's it hasn't been too bad. I uh, I I'll be real honest. Monday and Tuesday I didn't watch a lot, you know. But uh, Churchill's back, Aqueduct's back, Del Mar tomorrow. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm not as bad as last year, I guess. For some reason, last year I felt a little more worn out. This year I'm ready to go. You know, I I think it's because we ended on that 11th race there, such a high note that I was excited for more racing. Uh, but listen, t- for me, uh, the hardest um, two weeks probably of the season are the two weeks after the Breeders' Cup because then you get Thanksgiving weekend, which always has pretty good racing. Cigar Mile is the next weekend, which is always pretty good. The week after is never too bad. You got the Springboard Springboard Mile and then the races at Los Al the week after. That's kind of fun. Then you got Christmas. And then the day after Christmas, you got the Malibu, and then we're right back into it again. We're looking for two-year-olds. We're ready for the Pegasus. So talk, it's really just talk. Talk a little bit. Of, go ahead. I was gonna say talk a little bit about the Malibu because that race, uh, that's a that's like a that's a fifteenth Breeders' Cup race. Yeah, so, exactly. that race is gonna be okay. It's gonna be yeah. Sweet. It's a Breeders' Cup three-year-old sprint, basically. Is what it's the, it's 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 the Breeders' Cup sprint, uh, also eligible. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe a horse that would have won the Breeders' Cup sprint, Nashville, yeah, no is point, pointing for the race, and so Nashville uh, in that race is is very exciting. Uh, you've got Charlatan, who's rumored to come back for that race. We don't really know what he might be around one turn. Independence Hall, who won uh, Sunday at Del Mar. Looked really good. Yeah, looked yeah. very good. Uh, Former number one pick in the fantasy draft, too, by the that's, way. That's right, by by this guy right here. Uh, you know, drafted into Independence Hall number one and drafted Authentic in the third round. So, obviously, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Obviously, <laughs> follow well. me for all of my picks, because I know what I'm doing, right? So... Um, yeah. yeah, that's going to be a good race. And then also Gamine in the, in the, uh, oh gosh, the, the Philly race, that name totally just threw me, um, hmm. Magic, where are you? God, Malibu and I forgot it. I cannot believe that. It's anyway, they have the Malibu at seven furlongs and they have the race for the Phillies at seven furlongs, uh. If you stall long enough, I guess. That's where Gamine will be running. So, yeah, Gamine will probably face a field of, like, two. Because who's who's going to want to face her in that race? Uh, but then, yeah, again, the, the Malibu is going to be off the hook. It's going to be pretty pretty exciting. So, you've almost got it. Uh, LeBray. LeBray. 
There it is. It's the Lebray. My goodness, I yeah, I'm I, slipping. I just got to it. The Lebray, the San Antonio, yeah. the, the Mathis brothers, the Lady of Shamrock, and the American Oaks are all yep. on that card. Three grade ones. Yep, could be a good card. So, yeah, could it's uh, you know, and then like you say, you you turn the calendar, the horses turn uh, they turn three, and uh, then all you know, all systems are go for the uh, Derby Trail. Let's pray to God that. Uh, that we have a, a a May first Saturday in May Derby this year. Um, let's just pray that happens because you know I'm ready to get that some sort of normalcy back. But yeah, I mean that's the way it goes here. You know, we we, we take a little bit of break. The Breeders' Cup. You say you talk about this race you're talking you talk about right now. Uh, we locked up a bunch of awards. I feel like at the Breeders' Cup, so you don't have a lot kind of pending. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say? Okay, last question because this is interesting. I just thought of this. So there, I, there's some kind of talk, and, and mostly because I stirred the pot, uh, but Gamine versus Swiss Skydiver, three-year-old filly of the year. If if Gam, Swiss Skydiver obviously is done until it, it, she might run, I guess, in the Pegasus. That's kind of the word, but for this year. Uh, what if Gamine goes and airs again in Libray? Like, do you yeah. feel like it's like you're kind of getting to a point where you're like, listen, I get it. Swiss Skydiver did her thing, but recency that and, and we know how people vote and, and 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 winning the breeders cup like she did then going out and romping in the labray it's gonna be hard to to i don't know i, I just feel like we're, we're looking in dangerous grounds from a horse that at one point like two weeks ago was a potential horse of the year and that's with skydiver mm-hmm. to like could even miss the three-year-old award I don't think she'll miss it. Uh, I think she's going to get it. Uh, but I do like the debate, and I like how you post on Twitter and make everybody mad. I mean, that was my favorite part of the day. <laughs> it's too, it's uh, too easy. Way too easy. You guys just jump on it. Like, no, I'm not even into that. But uh, I don't think she'll get it. But I'll tell you what, people are like, oh, that's just crazy talk. You guys don't realize who votes in this. You really don't. I mean, and that's not a knock on everybody that does, because there's a lot of really smart people that do. There's a lot of people that that just don't know anything that vote, and so I think Amin will get some votes, uh, uh, but I don't think it'll be enough. I think Swiss Skydivers is is still pretty much locked into that three year old of the year for the Phillies. Uh, last we got one last question came in. I think it's worth yeah. asking. Uh, horse that we're both uh, looking forward to the most to to come back next year. Mm. Mm. Horse looking forward to the most. Oh, that's a tough one. There's a lot. Um, I would probably, I'd probably say tis the law since they kind of come out and said he's going to run the whole year. I, I would kind of say, I think he's the best horse uh, that's coming back. Um, you know, Nick's go. I don't know what his status is, but if he, if he runs some, uh, he looked awfully good. Uh, Tarnawa and Adaria are in are in training. They're not going to be here. I mean, but they're we'll get to see them probably Royal Ascot. Um, but yeah, for, over here in the states, probably probably Nick's go. What about uh, what about Nashville? I mean, could we have another Matoli on our hands here? Sure, that's 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 a very good one. Very very good one. Nashville. That's he would be very because because you have to you have to imagine, even though it blows our mind. Uh, but you know, Steve Asmussen does somehow know more than us and. The fact that Nashville didn't run the Breeders' Cup, you have to assume bigger and better things are on the you know, horizon. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they got to have a big picture, a big time campaign coming up for him next year. Yeah. Uh, and so Nashville, to me, could be a, a kind of Matoli-esque. I, I've got a great idea. I've got a great idea. 
Oh, Nick's go retiring going to stud, says Magic. Damn. Well, forget him. Uh, yeah. uh, the Hulkster says Vacoma. He's also retiring. Um, oh, here we go. May, la- may run one last time. Okay, so he might run the Pegasus. So, uh, Nashville versus Whitmore in the hmm. Count Fleet at Oakland. Sign me up. We'll be there. Let's do it. I think that, listen, Nashville's a great answer. Nashville, he's, he's really, really good. So let's go Nashville versus Whitmore. <laughs> Whitmore at eight years old. <laughs> Trying to win the Count Fleet for like the 20th time. <laughs> Going and up and with the poor guy, and the poor guy would run into another monster in that race. You know, oh. he, he did it with he did it with Matoli, and yeah. the poor guy ran huge. Uh, yeah. You know, Whitmore's got to be one of the tougher horses to to bet or handicap for that matter in, in all of America because you just don't know when that horse is going to to run a big one. He, he runs yeah. good races most of the time. He throws some stinkers in every once in a while, but for, as far as winning goes, he's. He's tough, you know. It's hard to kind of have any confidence in that horse. He, uh, he. Not only is he tough to handicap, he's got to be one of the toughest horses we've ever seen. You think of the monsters that they put this horse up against, and he just keeps on running. You know, like all the time we say, "Oh, horse X ruined that horse. He was never yeah. the same." Ha! Whitmore doesn't care. Whitmore doesn't care about anything. You know. Whitmore has 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 earned over four point two million dollars in his career. Yeah, and his campaign has just been surreal. I mean, thirty-eight starts, most of them Grade Ones and Grade Twos. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just he's 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 a horse that you know at one point was. Uh, he, I mean, he, you don't very often find a three-year-old Kentucky Derby nineteenth place finisher who <laughs> goes up. Think about that nineteenth place in the Kentucky Derby. Yes, he ran in it. To from that. To winning a Breeders' Cup Sprint race, like what is that? Uh, four years later, mm-hmm. it's just surreal. I mean, it really is amazing what this horse has done, and to Moquette for keeping this horse in training. I remember it was, I believe it was his following year, so it had been his four-year-old year. And this is a good, <clears throat> good frame of reference for anybody that hears, you know, track reports and rumors around the track. Everyone was telling us they kind of know, you know, know people. Oh, you know, Whitmore's done. He's done. He is he's being glued together basically. Like this horse, he can't run at all. That was four that was three three and a half years ago, you mm-hmm. know. So and look at this horse. So just a true monster and uh, you know, just a, a war horse, really, in every sense of the word. Thirty eight starts, fifteen wins, eleven seconds, third third three thirds, four point over four point two million in earnings. So congr- you know, you can tell we're kind of fanboys of Whitmore because it's all yeah we've seen this horse run so many times. You talk about him, Kentucky Derby finished nineteenth, so this is a this is a six furlong sprinter. He finished third in the Arkansas Derby. You know he finished second in the Rebel, and I, I'll never forget his Rebel. Go back and look if you've got time. Uh, you're messing around in the next couple of days. Not you, Jerry, but people listening. The 2016 Rebel. Whitmore is chasing home Cupid. Okay. And they get to the top of the stretch, and it looks like Whitmore is going to win by 12. He's just flying. And all of a sudden, he hits that wall because it's a mile 16th race, and he can't go that far. And, I mean, he just hit a wall. Cupid wins. But that horse just tried and held his ground and got second. I mean, he's just, he's just awesome. He's a very, very tough horse. What's amazing is that day in the same race, uh, he, he beats Creator, who wins the Belmont that year. Um, yeah. You know, obviously a horse that, you know, can, can run in, you know, any distance at that time could. Um, so, yeah, just a true war horse that can run in all those distances. And, and 
you don't often hear about horses that are running so poorly at those distances that then cut back and then continue to run for this long. So it's a pretty amazing story, uh, Whitmore, to, who, to do what he's done. So, all right. Uh, I think that wraps everything up. Uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in uh, and listening to this pod. If you're listening to After the Fact, remember you can listen to us live when we do these shows on Thursdays on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Go check out the Magic Mike show again, like I mentioned. I'm Jared Welch. He's Darren Halterman. Good luck this weekend. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. Tonawa has absolutely unleashed.